If you did a, an instant scan of your life, all the kind things you've done, the unkind things, come up with a number. Where do you think your level of self-worth might be? On a one to a hundred scale. That's Dan Millman. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for joining me today as we have a topic that we haven't focused on in quite some time. And I'm glad that we have an amazing speaker who is making his debut on the show to go deep into all the inner workings of this super, super important topic. So without further ado, let's jump right into this one with Dan Millman. Enjoy. Now let's look at the roots of self-worth. Where does it come from? Why do some people seem to have more self-worth than others? In every culture of the world, when you grow up, you found, you learned the same lesson, no matter what culture you're raised in. You could be raised by a group of wolves. You could be a wild child, but you would still be socialized into that culture by your parents or caregivers. And you would learn very soon that if you are good, you get rewarded. And if you're bad, you get punished. Positive, negative reinforcement. Many forms of reward. Soft voice, touch, holding, gifts privileges, and the punishments are often the opposite of those things, even physical punishment. We all learn this in growing up. And if your parents were there all the time watching you, noticing every, your every behavior, they would be very consistent. But most of our parents got tired now and then. And so there were times we behaved badly or imagined we had bad thoughts or feelings, but nobody was there to punish us. Now we learned if you're good, you get rewarded. If you're bad, you get punished. So if nobody else was there to punish us, who did? Someone was watching. And I'm not just talking about God. I'm talking about you. You have kept a subconscious black book, a scorecard of when you've been good and not good. You've thought back on all those times, for example, how kind you were to your parents when you were a teenager. <laughs> We've been keeping score. The irony is th those of us with the highest vision, the highest ideals and standards, the most sensitive of us, often have the biggest self-worth issues because we never seem to meet our ideals and our standards. Maybe the secret's to have lower standards, I don't know. But somewhere you came up with a number. You don't know what it is consciously, but let me ask you, whenever you want to access the subconscious, ask, what if I knew? If you did a, an instant scan of your life, all the kind things you've done, the unkind things, come up with a number. Where do you think your level of self-worth might be? On a one to a hundred scale, 
What number comes into your mind? You, undoubtedly, you're above 50. People below 50 or 40 or 30 or 20 are out there in the streets. They're self-destructing with drugs or negative choices in their lives. The fact that you're listening to this tape program means that you have a pretty good level of self-worth, probably above 50, but where is it? I'm gonna ask you to come up with a number and say it aloud in just one moment. Ready? Go ahead, just say your number. How many, let's, let me ask you this. Were you between 50 and 60? Were you between 60 and 70? 70 and 80? 80 to 90? 90 to 95? 95 to 100? Well, I suggest that if you were under 100, you have self-worth issues. <laughs> Let's take a self-worth assessment. When fortune smiles on you, do you think this can't last? Do you find it easier to give than to receive? Does your life feel like a series of problems? Does money seem hard to come by? Do you find your work or relationships unfulfilling? Do you work long hours? Do you feel driven to work more, do more, be more than other people just to earn your place here on the planet? Do you overeat, smoke, drink alcohol every day, or use other drugs? Do you experience mixed feelings when you receive praise, applause, gifts, or pleasure? Have you turned down or passed up opportunities in education, work, or relationships and later regretted it? Do you get sick or injured more than many other people? If someone asks the cost of your service, do you price yourself lower than others in your field? If you answered yes to even a couple of those questions, there are some self-worth issues to look at. The reason self-worth is the first gateway is because this will determine all that follows. There are those of us who've taken the seminars, heard the tape programs, read the books. Our life doesn't seem to change much because we don't let it. Ramakrishna once said that an ocean of abundance and bliss can rain down from the heavens but if we only hold up a thimble, that's all we're gonna get. Once in a while, some of us say, no more with this thimble, I'm gonna hold up a shot glass. <laughs> or a beer mug. <laughs> or a sink. But why not a bathtub? Why not a swimming pool? The impact of self-worth on your life happens in a number of different ways. If you have self-worth issues, to the degree you don't appreciate your innate worth, you'll tend to sabotage yourself. Self-sabotage works in our lives in insidious, hidden ways. Again, we don't consciously do it. Self-worth operates on the subconscious level. You don't wake up one morning saying, think I'll sabotage my relationship today. Think I'll sabotage my financial issues. But you've experienced it, haven't you? When things are about to get really intimate and close in a relationship, you find yourself backpedaling that may be just a little too good for me. 
When I was the coach of the Stanford University gymnastics team, I walked into the gym one day and Brian, the captain of the team, was lying on the floor stretching one of his legs. Not unusual before workout, but I, as I walked by him, I heard him go, oh, this hurts so much, I hate this. I looked down, I thought I'd stumble into a Mel Brooks movie. I was going, well, who's doing it to you, Brian? If it hurts that much, why don't you let up a little bit? Many of us could take this guidance in daily life. For 14 years, for 14 years, I taught a martial arts training based on knife fighting. It was a personal growth training, a mystical training through knife fighting, K-N-I-F-E. And one of the things we did at this training was called the standing ovation. You know, some people at the Academy Awards, the Oscar ceremonies, they get a Lifetime Achievement Award or a great performer, and people give them a standing ovation. But as I look around at people, I see courageous souls who chose to come down to this particular planet to learn. And as I look at you, I see people with innate worth, innate worth. So I think you all deserve a standing ovation. Well, in this training, we had time to do that. People could just stand up and interrupt me at any time and say to the whole group gathered there, excuse me, I'd like a standing ovation. <laughs> now that could be a little scary, especially for those with self-worth issues, those who need it the most. Because their fear, of course, is everyone's gonna turn to them and go, oh, you, no. <laughs> but of course, we applauded wildly a lot of love, a lot of energy coming at that person. Hard to absorb. It's quite an experience, I can tell you. And people were dancing around with all this energy. They couldn't even keep grounded. The interesting part was that quite a number of people, after three or five or seven or ten seconds, started waving their hands back and forth in front of them going, that's enough, that's enough, thank you, I'm getting uncomfortable. Do you see its relationship to self-worth? When do you do that in daily life? How good does it have to get before you start waving your hand saying, I'm getting uncomfortable? I was at the Maui Writers Conference recently, staying at the Grand Wailea Resort, overlooking the ocean. And as they say, it wasn't heaven, but you could see it from there, <laughs> out in the surf and the sunsets. And it put me up against my self-worth issues. Do I deserve this? This is so good. So many of us who say it can't last, you know what, it can get better and better. Your worst moment 10 years from now can be better than any moment you've yet experienced. Life does progress in evolutionary cycles, up and down, but over time, upward. Let's talk a moment more about self-sabotage. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's big things. We're not paying attention, we get in an auto wreck, we call it an accident. Sometimes our relationship just happens to fall apart, but we don't see our clear role in it. Sometimes we take on a business partner who robs us blind get them into a messy divorce. These are the choices we make, the choices we make. In another one of my books called The Laws of Spirit, 
I talk about the law of choices. The choices we made in the past brought us to where we are now. The choices we make today will shape our future. We always have a choice. Some people say, no, this just happened. I didn't have a choice over this, but we always can choose our response to any situation. Life is not always a matter of holding good cards, but sometimes playing a tough hand well. So we always have the power of choice, our response to any moment in time. We need to consider the choices we make in life. It's related to self-worth. Will you take the high road? Will you delay gratification to achieve a greater goal? Are you worth it? In fact, in the laws of spirit, the sage I meet up in the mountains, an ageless woman sage, I'm complaining about something and she said, oh, by the way, when you go home, I'd like you to ask your wife for a divorce. And I said, what? She said, yes, ask her for a divorce. I said, I couldn't do that. She said, sure you can, just move your mouth and say, I would like a divorce. I said, no, I couldn't do that. And I told her all the reasons. It's bad for the kid, you know, it's hard on the kids, hard on us, it would hurt her, it would hurt me, it's terrible. She said, oh, I understand, you're trapped. I said, no, I didn't say that. She said, it sounds like it. You're giving me all the reasons why you can't get a divorce. The point she was making is that until we reclaim the power to say no, we never truly say yes, do we? We go through life feeling, well, I gotta be in my job and I gotta be in my relationship. I was married eight years to a wonderful woman. I was too young, she was too young, we were immature and that marriage didn't last. I brought a certain level of mediocrity to that relationship because I went through the eight years saying, well, I, I'm really not happy, but I made a promise. It was on a piece of paper, so I never really took responsibility. Now, when I wake up with joy, I usually wake up before her. I don't usually say this out loud. Sometimes I do, but I look at her and I say to myself, I choose you today to be married to over all women in the world. I get married every morning. In other words, I take full responsibility for my work, what I do, my situations. That's what the law of choices is about. So what choices do we make in response? When life offers us a gift, do we go, oh, that's okay, that's okay. Instead of opening up saying, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, spirit, thank you, world, yes. I'd like you to put a sign on your bathroom mirror or your refrigerator, somewhere you'll see it every morning. When you get up, you read it every morning and it says, how good can I stand it today? Because that's how good you'll get it. Sometimes we have judgments about ourselves that lowers our sense of worth because we felt we really messed up. Of course we all have. We've all said or done things that were unkind. But something we need to consider to really explore this area of worth and what you're worth is that we've done our best every day of our lives. You may not agree with that. You may say, oh, I could have done better. Sure, on some absolute scale of 100%, we could always do better every day. But have you considered your parents did the best they could in raising you? They may have been kind and sophisticated, or they may have been cruel and abusive, but they were doing the best they were capable of at the time, given their wounds, their limitations, their level of awareness. They were doing the best they knew how. In the same way, you've done the best every day of your life, given your present capacity. We need to look at it that way. We are doing our best, and that opens us up to doing even better. Judgments just hold the patterns in place. 
I'm not talking about developing some artificial self-image and pumping yourself up. I don't want you to pump yourself up just to say, I deserve the best, and then resenting the world or other people for not giving you exactly the service you deserve. Many of us resent when we go into a hotel and they don't have a reservation, little stuff, you know. What I'm talking about is coming to appreciate your innate inborn worth that can never be taken away from you as a human being by virtue of being here on the planet, your human worth. You are worth no more and no less than any human being, any saint, any leader who has ever lived. I don't know if you've considered this before, but I'd like you to. You may not agree, but let me put it another way. Look in the eyes of a young baby sometime. Have you done that recently? Look in the eyes of a baby. When you look at a newborn or a very young child, do you look at that child and go, I'd say that's worth about an eight on a 10 scale? I don't think so. That child was you. When did you start subtracting? It's not about finding your worth. It's not about raising your worth. You don't need to raise your worth. You're already worth all you can be worth. It's about discovering that. The first step is awareness. Awareness of a problem is the beginning of the solution. Just being aware that you have self-worth issues. Take more and thank more. What if you offered someone a gift and, and they said, oh, gee, that's really nice, but thanks. No, thanks. I really couldn't accept that. How would you feel? Maybe not so great. How do you think God or spirit feels when gifts are offered to you and you go, oh, that's okay, that's okay. Think about it. If you refuse to accept anything but the best, you very often get it. When you begin to approach life in your relationships, your work as, you know, maybe I deserve better you'll get better. That doesn't mean you leave your relationship. It means you start defining your boundaries and saying, this is okay and this isn't. I want to develop a better relationship with the person you're with. People who are abused may need to make some changes. That's a different story. Those cases of low self-worth are apparent, aren't they? When someone is abused by a spouse, a boss, a partner, or by life. I can make some new choices. Marcus Aurelius said, those who live in harmony with themselves live in harmony with the universe. And Annie Truitt once wrote, it takes kindness to forgive oneself for one's life. Now the final key, and this is going to become more clear to you as time goes on. You don't have to feel self-worth. It's not about generating a feeling of, oh, now I feel worthy. It's about behaving as if you were the most equally worthy person of anyone who's ever lived. So you may not feel you deserve a suite at the Grand Wailea on Maui. You may not feel you deserve your relationship when it's really good or abundance coming in. But you can act as if you do and make different choices.
and stop sabotaging your life. In the arena of self-sabotage, look at young celebrities. I know a number of them personally, and some of them are self-destructing. You know the names, you've read about them in the newspaper, with drugs and behaving badly. Suddenly, they're adulated by millions of people. Suddenly, uh, they have millions of dollars. Talk about running up against self-worth issues. It's not so easy being rich and famous or talented. That's one example of self-sabotage we can relate to. It's right in the newspapers. I read recently that 70% of lottery winners, big winners, are in debt after one year. Gee whiz, I wonder what caused that. A sudden influx of money that they didn't actually work hard for? That brings us up against self-worth issues. I would predict those people who gave much of it to charities, did good work with it, continued working, would not be in debt, would make best use of that money. When we turn to the fourth gateway, manage your money, we're going to take another look briefly at self-worth as it relates to money. So ask yourself for a moment, how might I have sabotaged myself in the past or present, in my relationships? Whenever life started getting good, again, awareness is the beginning of healing. Big thanks to Dan Millman for stopping by. His website is peacefulwarrior.com. His IG is Dan Millman, PW, and his most notable New York Times bestselling book is entitled Way of the Peaceful Warrior, a book that changes lives. And I got this clip from an audio program on Audible entitled The Peaceful Warrior's Path to Everyday Enlightenment, 12 Gateways to Your Spiritual Growth. And if you like this clip, There'll be a link to the entire lecture as well as all the links to connect with him in the show description. And lastly, when you get a chance, please follow the show, share it or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. As always, I greatly, greatly appreciate you for it. And that's a wrap for me. I hope you have a balanced rest of your day and I will see you back here Friday. So until then, stay strong. Later.